welcome, welcome. What a glorious day it is. Why am I in such a chipper mood? Well, that is simple. The suns are shining. Lame. We have surplus of delectable foods. Lame. And I have received word that my zombie gift to my previous kingdom was a success. <clears throat> Lame. I see I have some naysayers in the crowd who do not believe our kingdom is subpar. Whether you believe me or not, I have traveled vast lands and I can attest that your woes are foolish. What of lands beyond the stars? Unknoweth Kadith, Hyperbria, and Mu? Now you are being ridiculous! Those species are so advanced, we would barely warrant their attention, but rather their deepest sympathy. However, that is an interesting idea. That settles it. With this new sword that I received from that handsome dwarf, <laughs> I shall cut into the fabrics of time and space so we can listen to and perhaps throw peanuts at Ramble Shamble. I can't believe the fanfare. Let me have this for so cheap. Sucker. Hello, hello, people, our fabulous autumn audience from across the internet. Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble. We are joined again by my favorite co-host, although I've gone, I've, I've gone through a few co-hosts in the past. You know, it, it's so difficult to get good help these days. Um, but luckily, luckily, I don't have to look around any longer because I have Mackie who joins me every week. Says the guy who does who does most of the edits and recordings, hey? <laughs> I told like, you, you, man. You, you, you I, do, got, I got the, the, I got the, the help to come. <laughs> uh, no, it, I wouldn't. I always love chatting with you, and I think that you and I have a great chemistry where we can just ramble along with these weird ideas and topics. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so. Everybody knows that what our channel is called and where they can find us. At least those of you who are listening, you lucky few. But Mackie, can you please describe to everybody else where can they find us? Who are we? So yes, we are Ramble Shamble. Since you guys clicked on this episode, and you're probably considering to leave this episode because now we sound like we're in Abbey. Please don't leave us because we are lonely people. Please stick with us. Um, Yes, we have a very briefly, we have a YouTube channel. We pretty much release this on every podcast platform, Spotify, Apple. Um, but the best way to speak to us is through Discord, which you can find it through the link in the description of YouTube, as well as a simple Google search. And you'll find our little ramble shamble Discord channel that you want to join and share your ideas, share your comments, and talk about the episode, share about uh, maybe we play some games. We do have a gaming channel called Thumb Travel. I don't think, I, I hope I haven't lost you guys. I'm trying to speak this as quickly as possible. <laughs> But we also use Mac this is a, Mac is a strong contender now for those auctioners. <laughs> someday. Mackie's got high high aspirations. It's going to be an auction someday. But those comments are also very handy because you use them in Ramble Shrapnel, which Yotin's the best one to describe it. Go ahead, Yotin. Okay, so for Ramble Shrapnel, 
We'd like you guys to engage with the questions that we ask here inside of the podcast so that we can expand a little bit on something that you have to say about our topic and suggest for the topic. That was really impressive. Thank you. <laughs> for people to actually catch my thoughts because <laughs> my words outstrip <laughs> my thoughts completely. <laughs> for people at home, that was not edited in any ways of speaking up the clip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So you can all contribute to, to the episodes that we have here. Not the main episodes per se, but for shorter, shorter little bonus episodes. Um, that's why we call it Ramble Shrapnel. And based on your feedback, either from a, an answer that we really enjoyed or that the community uploaded the most, we choose an, an, a, a topic. So from the questions you answer, we just spin a yarn about that, talk about it for 15 to 20 minutes, and hopefully entertain you at the same time because it definitely entertains us. And that's why we like your feedback. So comment on the YouTube channel and anywhere else you can comment. And please let us know what you think. Okay, so that is the obligatories that we have finished. Mackie, both you and I love sci-fi. Oh, yeah. It, it was our bread and butter growing up. We consumed it in various different media and art forms. For example, now anime, video games, movies, the small screen on TV. And we've just, it's, it's been something that we've always and constantly been aware of and interested in. So I thought that it would be a very good way for us to expand and get our mental juices flowing by just discussing what we find the most appealing about, about sci-fi what our favorite things are or instances are of individual aspects of cyber. The first topic which I chose for us today was because like in, in, in sci-fi, there, there's always a cool way in which society has molded around a concept or an idea and used the whole sci-fi element of it in order for new social organizations and new social groups to emerge. So my first topic that I chose was what is your favorite like entity or body or group or faction inside of sci-fi? Okay, interesting, interesting. So there's a lot of interesting factions and all around. Look, to mention, just mention, I'm not going to them, some noteworthy ones is definitely the Republic and Star Wars, but the, there's so there's a, so many great varieties. Like even the, the Namekians and Dragon Ball Z are technically sci-fi in their own ways. Because if you think of it, Namekians are so OP that they can make these magical balls that can grant uh, a wish of very unlimited potential. I say very limited because there is a limit to what you could wish for, but these balls could basically do quite a bit. But I, I did some research because I felt like I, I know everything I know in my little bubble of universe, but I feel like there, there must be some other sci-fi that I've never ever considered. So in this case, it is still, I think this is actually going to be close to my new favorites. It actually might make me start watching the show because I actually have not watched it before. 
the show called Doctor Who. I've definitely heard of it, but never watched it. Jotun, uh, have you ever watched Doctor Who? Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched from the reboot, which I think started in 2005, up until the end of, I forget the actor's name, the, the Doctor that after David Tennant. I've watched up until the end of his run. He's the guy who also acts in uh, House of the Dragon right now. I, I watched up until the end of that actor's run as the Doctor. And would you rate that uh, it's, it's worth a watch for myself, Mackie, who watched it, who has never watched it before? Yes, I definitely would. Okay. So- if, if, if not specifically for the technology inside of it and the other sci-fi aspects, um, just just the the fun way in which they handle sci-fi it's something to look into just just for that well that that's why so that you just made me and you just inspired me to actually give it a bigger go than i had before so to speak back to the groups um so i did some research and one that really people that a lot of people spoke about that really seemed to interest them and then when i did some research into it i was like dang this group is overpowered or dang this group is like the top of the dogs so doctor who they have something with jotun you might be familiar are time lords uh you know of these time lords yeah yeah so that is my submission for biggest the contender in this group very briefly from the research i've done with the time lords there is a bit of like because i think because uh people are trying to keep doctor who running and they had to add some like contingency saying oh but this actor wants to leave now what how do we replace this doctor who who's an iconic figure oh just make him a entity of the time lords where they have this regenerative ability to where i say regenerative when they die of old age or die they inject themselves with some serum and they like their whole life regenerates so basically they're not the same person so that's how they basically change from one Doctor Who to a different Doctor Who to a different Doctor Who and all the who knows it might continue forever and ever so there's a bit of uh, complications and <laughs> problems with the history of the Time Lords um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be brief but, but I'll highlight why they, they are literally the top of the dogs so they are people of the Glarifians or pronunciation is probably off there i'm away (laughs) (laughs) but out of that species they are a select group of say higher class specifically chosen by the higher council of that species who are called the time lords and reason being is that obviously they are time they they can control and manipulate time in pretty much every way possible of imagination but they also have very old species. They're species that have lost many generations. And basically when they do die of old age, because their regenerative serum, they can only really reach a limit of around about 13 times before the serum doesn't take full effect. So this, uh, when they do eventually die, their brains get uploaded to a matrix of a hive mind or of some kind, but a collective mind instead. So not necessarily controlling the populace, but it's like a collective of knowledge. So I've seen a many, many sci-fi shows take advantage of this because there's the Kree in Marvel's universe that also have this kind of collective mindset 
but they it's quite an interesting topic however the the time lords are considered most likely the most powerful entities in almost any sci-fi franchise because they are basically the reason why they are humanoid species in their universe because that they, they controlled everything to be that way they manipulated events and circumstances so if there's a problematic species that they can't they're not quite sure they can control they'll just visit briefly a point in history of their timeline kill a little butterfly and then that entire species would be eliminated through the butterfly butterfly effect so the species had has had like this control and manipulation over the entire universe that they are literally the basically the top of the hierarchy there's nothing beyond them there are some complications with their species um because they are so perfect in almost every way or because they've controlled everything to come out in a certain uh, certain way their creativity is rather limited but that does not disrespect uh, that does not count the fact that they also have these the technology which is also considered almost like magic to everyone else they t- because they're very technology focused and because they're so comfortable with their technology they advanced into such degrees that the only way that we can describe it nowadays is magic because they defy all physics they defy all physics and it, it's, it's it's such an interesting thing um one of the things that i saw which really stuck, took out uh stood out for me was they they have a time cube where they're able to capture a point in time freeze frame it and like keep it in this cube where you could review that exact scene in a three-dimensional space and it's just like how jeez I, I, I wish i knew what the um uh, the writers of that ep- specific episode or concept were smoking because that is a very interesting concept <laughs> so yes um if it were not the time lords if i were to choose like my favorite favorite like as yotin has described it would definitely be the republic the republic has so many cool things but I, I'm comfortable with my submission of the time force. The Republic from Star Wars? Yes, the... Not the... So, the, the Old Galactic Republic. The Republic. Oh, yes. the Old Republic. Old, okay. old Republic, yeah. So... Okay, the, interesting. The, during the Clone Wars, they, they just had everything going for them. They were just, like, so perfect. And just because Emperor Palpatine had some really, really sneaky things up his ass... He decided okay, to... Okay, okay, Mackie, we can, we can talk forever about Star Wars. Oh, you so and I. much so much actually actually there were a lot of things from star wars that i wanted to nominate but because i know that you and i would mesh too much if i oh, was too much star wars things <laughs> i i actually actively dissuaded myself from choosing star wars things exactly that was like me as well it's like oh you actually gave this topic for this week oh but I can't because star wars for, because star wars is so obvious uh, <laughs> okay but if, if we did do that, then I would have to make the contention that Star Wars is actually science fantasy and not science fiction, because there is a bit of a, like, there is a, a difference there. Yeah, but anyway, true. we do love Star Wars. However, we do <laughs> need to get to the, the rest of the questions and the topic here at hand. So, but wait, wait, actually, before I leave Star Wars, I have to say that I think that for both of us, if we were... Everyone, the next topic is the, our favorite sci-fi tech. But I, I do feel that we were both good in avoiding Star Wars because I think that both of us would have said lightsaber. 
for the best tech. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have something way different. But uh... okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that at the very end. But anyway, um, my faction or order, and in, in, in all of sci-fi that I find to be one of the most fascinating, are the Bene Gesserit from the Dune books. Ah. Now, the Bene Gesserits were an ancient school of mental and physical training, established primarily for female students after the Butlerian Jihad destroyed the so-called thinking machines and robots. So, the Bene Gesserits order, who were sometimes just called the Bene Gesserits or the, the, the Sisterhood, were an ancient and adept organization who denied that they were a religious order, but they said that they, but they were well known rather to have operated behind an almost impenetrable screen of ritual mysticism and whose training, symbolism, organization, and internal teaching methods were almost completely religious. They were all women, basically spies, nuns, scientists, and theologians. But I think one of the coolest things about them, or well, yeah, for me, was that they were also incredibly fierce warriors as well, due to their kind of like medical, not medical, uh, meditative and just deep knowledge of the human body as well. They had a massive influence on galactic politics and interfered with it all the time and also used like religious techniques in order to get different populations within the galaxy to basically be, be subjects and like cult members towards them, um, which you, you see very well illustrated inside the Dune movie and inside the books as well. So for example, with the, with the books and the movie, what they did was as the universe expanded, they sent missionaries, I think, through the Missionaria Protectiva to all these different colonies on different planets and in the galaxy so that they could seed little bits of religion inside of the native peoples in those areas with the intention that at some point in the future, there is going to be like a, a messiah that is bred through eugenics. And because they didn't know exactly where that messiah was going to pop up, they planted these seeds for the messiah to eventually exploit in order to get an entire populace to rally behind him, which is really cool. That is some hectic planning ahead. Um, so they probably planned centuries or millennia ahead. And that's what the, stu the Dune story is about. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't read this 50-year-old Major book spoilers at the very uh, end of your thing. It's like, oh, great, now I don't have to watch the rest of the movies. Thanks, you. Yeah. So the whole entire purpose behind, or one of the purposes behind the Dune series was to explain the danger of messianic figures in the real world. And it's the Bene Gesserit who are the, basically the cause of that danger. So, so you, you complaining that women are always the problem, eh? Always. <laughs> Gotta watch out for those people. Always, man. Always. 
the lust, the lust can, oh, can yeah. <laughs> really fool a man's mind. Oh, please, for that edit, Mackie, you have to make your voice super deep. So it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but like much deeper than I can muster. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, oh. I'm just a tenor, you know, I can't go that deep like you. Oh, that's so kind. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like the Time Lords and your person, sorry to, I know you, you will definitely continue. Um, no, are very right. very similar because like, like how you mentioned how they influenced a specific point in like history of that species so that they have a more religious point of view of us and or a different way of thinking and time lords did exactly the same thing where like i said they physically went in that history of that species so that species could have been like at the point where they are where we are now as humanity but they say that they didn't like how we are thinking so they said screw it i'm gonna erase your history completely so they go back in that specific point where like we starting to do evolution till that first thing and it's like okay now i'll leave and never never came to be yeah no definitely i still think mine's but, <laughs> but um to carry on with what i'm going at here with uh with the bene Gesserit. so uh, their credo is that Religion is the emulation, and I'm reading this verbatim, people, so <laughs> if, the, if the wording is a bit dry, then forgive me. But religion is the emulation of the adult by the child. Religion is the insistment of past beliefs, mythology, which is guesswork. The hidden assumptions of the trust in the universe. These, those pronouncements which men have made, made in search of personal power all of it mingled with shreds of enlightenment. And always, the ultimate unspoken commandment is, thou shalt not question, but we question. We break that commandment as a matter of course. The work to which we have set ourselves is the liberating of the imagination, the harnessing of the imagination, to humankind's deepest sense of creativity. Now, I, I just find that to be a beautiful credo, because it's like, it's a criticism of the teachings that came before and then a substantiation of their own practices through that criticism. What do you so think? So what, what were their purpose? Sorry, uh, I think it's a, it is a definitely beautiful way of saying it, but what, what was their purpose to influencing a species so young and viewing and believing in certain things? So it doesn't actually clearly say, so that's a good question. It says... Yeah, so basically the, it's their reason for why they don't believe that they're a religion. Because they're saying that uh, religion is the emulation of the adult by the child. Mm -hmm. It's um, like the cementing of past beliefs, mythology, uh, hidden assumptions in the of like trusting the universe. And uh, like people's statements of personal power in the past and sprinkled with a little bit of actual enlightenment enlightenment but they're saying the big problem was that all religions say that you won't question what we have stated but they say that they do question they question everything uh, they break it as a matter of course and so they say that they set themselves to liberate the imagination of humankind and harness its deeper sense of creativity that's awesome actually that's actually pretty cool yeah i give you that because 
uh, like I mentioned with my Time Lords, uh, they have lost their creativity because they are at the top of the game. Where yeah. your, your guys, is, your one is like unlocking that potential creativity. And I think creativity with logic, but creativity is definitely the spark of production, evolution, and growth. Without a spark of creativity, we'd still be using uh, stone tools. Yeah. So basically, I have won. <laughs> Mackie has conceded. I still think Time Lords will kick your guys' asses from <laughs> beginning to end. Heck, they might have even influenced them and like said, oh, no, no, we're not going to follow Time Lords' ways of doing things. We're going to break. We're going to okay. be rebel. <laughs> don't, don't get ahead of yourself here, okay? Because I'm going to quickly <laughs> go over the powers and abilities of the Bene Gesserit. So they have oral analysis, which means that upon tasting anything, they can break down the food into its co- its ingredients right down to the chemical composition. Why? They have inter dude, don't question things. No, so just, just 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 why? Like just, just like I'm eating an apple and all I'm of a sudden saying. the atoms are like touching my taste buds okay, in a so, way. Like what's the purpose so of that? You take a bite of that apple and you discover that you're like snow white and you've been poisoned. You can either spit that out immediately <laughs> or you can have a tasty apple. And die or have a permanent sleep. <laughs> so there, there's a useful oral analysis. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. And you can't disguise it because they like go down to the chemical composition. They know yeah, exactly but, what's going on in But there. then I understand, but it's like now that I've taken this bite and I'm like ingesting this slightly ingesting this poison, I guess I wouldn't eat the rest of the apple. So at least that's one string to the ones but like Okay, yeah. So they also have internal organic chemical control which means that they can alter their metabolism to render poisons harmless. So that okay. connects with the previous one. Um, they have prana bindu, which is an alteration of blood flow, body temperature, heart rate, and level of consciousness for the purpose of surviving in harsh environment. So that's like you're in a, in a cold environment and you can choose whether you want to send more heat and blood flow to your extremities to avoid gangrene. Oh, okay. Or if you know that you, you let's say you have to last a week or something without any food and you're inside of that super cold environment, then if your goal is to last long enough so that you can pass on a bit of knowledge or something, then you know that your extremities are a sacrifice that you're willing to make in order to keep your own core temperature hot enough so that you don't die, then you can also mm-hmm. make that decision. Um, but an a, a awesome way in which it's described in the books is that in order to master Prana Bindu, uh, the one mother teaches her son how to move like his fine motor control to become so good that he can get like individual muscles in his toes and the very tips of his fingers to move independent of the rest of that digit and stuff like that. And then eventually, right. like, like be able to use that refined muscle control in combat so that he can do the, the most incredible kind of attack and defense strategies, which is a very practical use thereof. Sounds like they have the perfect control over their bodies and functions, so... Yeah, so that's that is it. So like you, geez, I'm I'm blanking on an example now. <laughs> I still think my 
I still think that the technology level, what's the technology like? Is it quite sophisticated? No, no, we're not talking we about tech here. We're talking about the order. Tech comes next. Okay. Okay. So with, with them now, let's say somehow poison got past their oral analysis and it's ingested in, in their body. They could willfully reduce the, the rate at which their heart is pumping and which their blood is being oxygenated so that the spread doesn't go as quickly. Or let's say uh, they were poisoned in a local area in their arm. They could reduce most, probably not all, but most of the blood flow to their arm to make sure that uh, it doesn't spread quickly enough so that they lose their entire arm with an amputation, but rather like just half of it or something like that. So it's Sounds a very like were, practical thing. I think they would be very practical in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Bite definitely. infection with it. And then they could just isolate the poison or isolate <laughs> the infection. Yeah. Another thing that they have is called the weirding way, which is basically just like uh, if you're in the Marvel Universe, it's like level seven combat abilities. It's just the best. Um, so it's a martial art that they, they followed. But one of, well, one of the most interesting for me is an ability called the voids. And that's the ability to influence people directly by giving them orders with a certain sound frequency and pitch. So when a person is ordered to do something by the voice, by, by use of the voice, it is almost impo impossible not to comply. A Bene Gesserit is trained to resist the voice, but other people are, are like influenced by it. And they can also sense the truth. That it's one of the skills they develop by reading people's reactions and facial expressions and stuff like that. But then there's also the throwaway stuff of like being able to control their own fertility. I don't really give a damn about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they have this petite perception where they are able to detect people's concealed emotions, motivations, agendas, and uh, even some physical things like concealed weapons. Yeah. But probably one of the things that attracted to me in the very beginning was something called the Litany Against Fear, which is uh, a mantra that they use in order to overcome their own fears about doing any kind of thing. And it's actually quite beautiful. It, I will quickly just read it for you guys. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. How beautiful is that? Like, just I just got goosebumps reading that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Bene Gesserit. Okay. Yeah, I think that because you were so keen and eager to talk a bit about the technology, let's let's go to that. And coincidentally, yeah. it is our next topic or our next question. What is your favorite technology from sci-fi? Oh, dude. So sci-fi has so many amazing technologies. I'm, I'm studying this one because this is like my engineering dream. This is like something <laughs> I wish I could make in real life today. Holding my knew. hand. Mackie, Mackie oh. throughout the course of his life has been having his 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 brain just do like mental bicep curls with oh. all these sci-fi technologies 
<laughs> oh, every time I see it, my brain's like going and like, uh, like it's so happy. It's like, what the heck? Oh, how could I do this? But okay, I would so, actually put good money on 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 your brain being super buff. <laughs> I do have a fifth wisdom too, so that may be it. Um, but my favorite technology is going back to Star Wars. Unfortunately, it is not the lightsaber. As cool as the lightsaber is, it is not the lightsaber. I know you are going to think that. <laughs> but it's so awesome. It's like pure plasma energy coming out of coming in this discrete location. I just feel like I think I just feel like it's too simple of a technology. Like I like the more complex one. The, the things that make you like don't really consider complex, but these things are complex. And that is the Star Destroyer. Not the planet destroyers, the Star Destroyer. Those like you know those like V shaped triangle ships. You know uh, what a Star uh, Destroyer is. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Is that your yes. favorite tech? Okay. That is my favorite technology. Oh, I was almost thinking you were talking about like those other planet destroying things that were so, left by some ancient civilization. Yeah, so not the planet destroyers. These are the star destroyers. These are the frickets of Star Wars, the giant Ooh. vessels that fly across the galaxy carrying or oh, uh should I explain why it's my favorite technology? <laughs> no, that's that's all we have time for. Sorry. <sighs> Goodbye everyone. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> no, okay. I, I'm assuming that's a yes. So, yes, of course. Star Destroyer. We don't necessarily go behind the physics behind it, but the books they describe these Star Destroyers in such great depth, highlighting the gaps that I would not normally know or you would not. So, just to give you a point of reference, the size of the Star of a Mark One Star Destroyer is it's one million six hundred meters. Jeez. Long. So 100.6 kilometers long. Imagine that long as vessel, which comparing to Mount Everest is 8.8 kilometers uh, tall. That's just insane. The scale of that vessel, I might be making it a bit too long. It might be 10 kilometers. Apologies if it's 10 or 100, but it is still massively <laughs> big. So Wait, how, how, how long did you say it was in meters? So it should be 100 kilometers. So just put 100 kilometers. I hope that is correct. I'm not looking this up on the internet. Sorry, audience. But comparing to Mount Everest, it's still bigger than Mount Everest, which is the one of is the tallest mountain in our planet. This vessel is massive. Imagine trying to get from one from one end of that vessel to the other end. It's just bonkers on how massively long that vessel is. Yeah, dude, like you, you're putting a, a bunch of things from Star Wars into perspective for me. Like, Ooh. first of all, to just to build one of those things, that's enough resources and ore basically to exploit an entire planet for like 10 years or something. That was and the empire for you. Yeah, and then second of all, how many of those bloody Star Destroyers were there inside of the, 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 the new fleet? That the Emperor <laughs> yeah. made in the last movie. There were like Too thousands many. of those destroyers. Like, dude, I get that he was beyond the like the rim of the the, the galactic rim and inside the unknown regions for decades. But geez, wow! He, that, 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 that plan must man. have been that plan must have been started in uh, by that like I think his name is Darth Tiberius or Darth Tyrannus like millennia ago wow but that, 
but those were obviously higher mark values because this was the mark one so this is the first one to come out of the empire those ones yeah. were probably a lot bigger and had a lot more sophisticated technology and uh firepower Jeez, than compared dude. to mark one so holy if you just heck. put that in there you're like holy crap those things are must have been like resource Whoa. destroyers and each no one of those why they're called star oh. destroyers yeah and also it brings into perspective that one act that the the, the padai from the force the the, the padawan from the force unleashed does where he pulls down that entire star oh destroyer. my gosh you're right it's just that like is crazy. totally scales up his force control holy heck Fala, that i didn't even consider that <laughs> Jesse, just about the he's pulling the down of mount everest dude <laughs> oh that is crazy uh but yeah let me add some additional craziness to it so we all know that this vessel is massive so it's huge um so to keep this vessel operational it needs a collection of uh, droids which obviously do some of the outside maintenance where they need to but the inside masons uh, or inside crew human crew so it has 9235 officers so these are the people like uh doing the control room kind of stuff so 9253 officers it has 27850 enlisted personnel so those are the people doing like engineer work cooking uh this is anyone enlisted so you really got over 30,000 people living in there and that is not including the 9,700 stormtroopers in there so when one of these vessels explode you're possibly losing roughly 40,000 people in that vessel which is pretty bonkers if you have to think of it but it's still bonkers to think the other way around because that means 40,000 people there's only 40,000 people for this massive huge vessel and these vessels can travel across the galaxy they have enough consumables to last them for roughly two years which is bonkers that means they can travel without needing to park without landing without needing to go visit planets for two years they can just go exploring which is one of the greatest technological achievements that i can ever think of something that is so self-sufficient that it doesn't need to do that kind of stuff so one ship as you can imagine the size could dominate an entire planet you don't need another ship so the fact that Jotun mentioned the fact that the emperor the emperor just magically summoned these like thousands of star destroyers from the depths of this ocean most putting perspective is probably the deepest and largest ocean in probably the whole galaxy is insane that one of these star destroyers could dominate an entire planet because each as i mentioned it has 9700 stormtroopers but it also has 145 ships and vessels. This includes the chicken walkers, the different tire fighters, the bombers, etc., etc. So you got some heavy manpower in these vessels. They have 60 uh, turbo lasers. They have 60 ion cannons. They have 10 tractor beams to obviously attract. And some of these vessels were equipped with additional turbo lasers and ion cannons. Hey, why not add more? You got a long ass vessel, might as well add more cannons and firepower to that thing. Um, it is the fastest ship of its size in the entire galaxy. And that is just Mark 1. I could rant about this vessel isn't it, for days. Okay, wait, but isn't it the <laughs> only ship that size in the galaxy? No, so, they're bigger. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> they were bigger. They were literally bigger. So 
Um, Mark II, the only difference between Mark I and Mark II is that Mark II had more sophisticated uh, weaponry and had a bigger control room. But there was something called the Super Star Destroyer. And that thing was like, he thought the Star Destroyer was big. The Super Star Destroyer is like <laughs> super, super big. I don't have Jeez. the exact measurement, but the Super Star Destroyer is just stupid. Like, like the amount of resources that go into that thing must just like decimate planets. Where Star Destroyer, you could, yo, I can't, I can't even fathom how they get all that material resources. But I feel like it is a technological achievement that the Empire managed to build something this powerful to just flex that we have this power, we have this power, uh, gunpowder, manpower. We just know that when we, if this vessel was over our heads, you just know you dominate it. There's nothing, there's no way fighting this force. Oh, yeah. Gives me chills. <laughs> okay. That's an awesome contender. I didn't know that they were that massive. Jeez. I'll just verify while you talk about your one. Okay. So for my favorite piece of technology, I chose the infinite improbability drive, which comes from (laughs) Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I felt that for my piece of tech, I, I wanted to choose something that... Min- like we all know about warp drives and and such that make travel across the universe much faster but i don't think you can top the infinite improbability drive so the infinite improbability drive was a new method of crossing interstellar distances in a mere nothing of a second without the tedious mucking about in hyperspace it was discovered by Lucky Chance and then developed into a governable form of propulsion by the galactic government. As soon as the drive reaches infinite improbability, it passes through every conceivable point in every conceivable universe simultaneously. An incredible range of highly improbable things can happen due to these effects. Yeah, how does that sound? So you're everywhere all at once. And then <laughs> because you're everywhere all at once, you can go everywhere... You can go anywhere at any time that you want to be. That's crazy. That so that's how it like bypasses the like the speed limits of space, basically the speed of light. Which universe is from? Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, so just having the ability, geez, that is crazy. But it's not all roses and flowers and happy days. There are some side effects of this influence and probability drive as well which include temporary changes to environment and morphological structures hallucinations and the calling into being of large marine mammals known effects also include the following the creation and spontaneous upending of a million gallon vat of custard the transformation of a pair of guided nuclear missiles into a sperm whale and a ball of petunias redesigning the interior of the Heart of Gold, turning Fort Prefect into a penguin, causing Arthur Dent to temporarily lose three of his limbs, transforming the desert world of Kakrafoon into an incredibly habitable oasis during the disaster area concert, and ridding the people of Kakrafoon of their telepathy during the same concert and allowing for the discovery of Magathia. Yeah. Other things that happened were lots of paper hats and party balloons appeared from a hole in the universe and drifted off into space. 
a team of heavy, <laughs> a team of seven three foot high market analysts came from the hole and died from a combination of asphyxiation and surprise. 239,000 lightly fried eggs fell out of the hole and onto the famine struck land of Pogrel in the Panzel system. This caused the one surviving man of the Pogrel tribe to die from cholesterol poisoning some weeks later. Arthur and Ford appeared to be at the seafront at Southend, Essex, the UK, and were passed by a man with five heads and the elderberry bush full of kippers. So basically, weird things happen around. <laughs> so <thing>. weird, <laughs> and that's why it's called the infinite improbability drive. Because what is the probability that a dude with five heads would come past you in the middle of the street? It's always it's always so weird to have that kind of concept and that kind of technology. Like an infinite probability is like, how does that even? How do you fathom the creation of that kind of thing? That you just yeah. somehow manage to like put random crap together and all of a sudden like merge <laughs> into the singular item and then voila you got your infinite probability I'm like that's the only way i think like as an engineer like how, that's how you would make that kind of thing yeah it's like it's 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 a little bit similar to that thing in norse mythology the the chain that was used to fetter fenrir the giant wolf because fenrir was this massively powerful entity and Literally, the only way they could contain it was by making something from impossible or non-existent things. So it's stuff like the spit of a bird's mouth and the sound of a cat's footfall and the, the tears of frogs or some other, other stuff like yeah. that. It's just like imaginary stuff. And for me, that makes total sense of the infinite and probability drive because as far as we know, the speed of light is the speed limit of the universe. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But but the reason why I also nominated this is because it also has the, a light-hearted feel to it with all these weird things that happen. But it's actually plausible as well because it's infinitely improbable. Things are going to happen. <laughs> the fact that you could turn into a goal. Voila, voila, you now go. Yeah. Infinitely probable. That, but jeez, I still. Does it describe how it's ma like what material it's made of, or is it just? Does it? What What's the container like? Do we know? So the principle generating small amounts of finite improbability by simply hooking the logic circuits of a Bambleweenie fifty seven submeson brain <laughs> <laughs> to an atomic vector plotter. Suspended in a strong Brownian motion producer. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's the basics of it. But many respectable physicists said that they weren't going to stand for that kind of thing because it was a debasement of science. But mostly because they didn't get invited to those sorts of parties. When a scientist doesn't agree with you, it's because they feel like you're not, you didn't invite them to your party. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be such a thing to say. <laughs> So then there was a student who reasoned, if such a machine is virtually impossible, it must have finite improbability. And that's actually a really complex thing to grasp, actually. It is virtually impossible, so it must be finitely improbable. That is mind-boggling to even wrap my mind about. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm I'm like staring vacantly into the corner of my room right now. <laughs> I think everyone who's listening to this is like rewind to that specific quote again. And yeah, again, you don't need to you don't need to re- rewind people. It is if such a machine is virtually impossible or a virtual impossibility, it must have finite improbability. Yeah, but I don't think I'm going to wrap my head around that. I'm trying to there, just saying that it's got a finite amount of times all present the improbable. So like it will only do a few, like a certain amount of improbable events. That's as far as I can understand it. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have a, I do have a correction on my one. Apologies, audience. Um, I was getting confused with the Super Star Destroyer. That is the one that is 10 kilometers big. The normal Star Destroyer Mark 1 is only 1.6 kilometers long. So a lot more manageable. But Less that's still dramatic. Massive. Yeah, but it's it's something that is, yeah, I, I agree. Like I'm, I'm not downsizing it by anything, but now my picture of this emperor summoning these giant vessels from the ocean is less, a little less amazing now. Oh, bummer. Uh-huh. <laughs> but still, 1.6 kilometers is huge. So tell me, why why do you think that the, the lightsaber is a small piece of technology? Well, to, in layman's term, all the lightsaber is is a container or a housing and a carbon crystal, which is the focus, and a, a capacitor or power source to power through a focus and using the carbon crystal as a focus beam. So to me, the the technology behind it, don't get me wrong, it's still incredibly sophisticated, but comparing that, a lightsaber to a, dis- a star destroyer, which has considerably more and significantly more moving parts Things to operate, things to get right, things to adjust is dramatically superior than a lightsaber, which uh, a Jedi obviously infused with the force to guide them and uh, they have to train with the force can generally do it at the age of a very young age of the little kids. So I'm comparing the complexity and sophistication and the real work and manpower that has to go into making said devices where a lightsaber don't get me wrong incredibly sophisticated but it's got a it's again it's not a com- complex technological device if we had access to a carbon crystal on our planet earth there are many uh youtubers that have made their own versions of lightsabers we probably could make a lightsaber provided the fact that we have a sufficient power source yeah interesting okay so they are simple and not complex I feel like uh, your 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 improbable device is incredibly complex, and that's something that I would like if I had an option between these three items. Obviously, a solid oh, would be actually, pretty hard too. It's, it's it's actually super simple. It's simply <laughs> hooking. It's simply hooking the logic circuits of a Bamble Weenie fifty seven submission brain to an atomic vector plotter. Yeah, I, I like to see how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's one step. But that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's one step. Super simple. I feel like Rick and Morty situation here, where like Rick's like, "Oh, it's so simple. You connect the do that to that do that," and then Morty's like, "I, you just said words." <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of interesting technology in Star Wars. Um, like the droids would also be a very high high thing because 
technically all the droids in Star Wars are artificial, have artificial intelligence to certain degrees. Like if you think of R2D2 and C3PO, those guys were had almost emotions, personalities, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, Star Wars really nails a I lot was, of stuff to it. I was actually considering back the tanks. Hey, hundred percent. Um, purely, purely, purely for the the implications that it would have towards one of the most complex systems we know, which is the human body and organisms in general. Like just getting them to reproduce in that kind of way is something that I thought was really interesting. Although I guess it wouldn't technically be a, a technology because it's a natural resource that's harvested. So yeah, maybe not maybe not that. <laughs> I have another technology episode which we have had in this channel. As well yeah. as a Jedi episode. I was I was also wanting to maybe do the warp drives or the hyperspace drives. Oh, we definitely have another episode for that, but there's only so much time in an episode, eh? Yeah. Which reminds me that we have reached the end of today's episode, everybody. Damn. So please tell us, who do you think had the better nomination for uh, a faction or a group inside of sci-fi? And who do you think had the better technological uh, implement or better piece of technology um you can let us know in the comments here on youtube or uh, let us know via our social media and let us know what you think yeah we always love to hear your guys input and we actually use uh, it for uh, a resource which is our ramble shrapnel ramble shrapnel again is our way of involving you guys where you suggest something an answer to our question which would be what do you think is the most important for order and what do you think is the the, the best piece of technology from sci-fi let us know yeah let us know you can also tell us like little some uh, silly things like who you think the winner is and stuff like that but it's me. that's beside the point anyway no because it's me damn it <laughs> <laughs> back <laughs> yeah, um, but Mackie, please tell them how they can they can let us know that. So, guys, uh, Yotana has told us that YouTube is one of the ways. We also have a Discord, which again, I'm not going to go into too much detail because if you're listening this far, and you're probably a little bit invested to know that we know we have we have a Discord. And um, but I do want to say something is please share it, please share our podcast, our Discord with your friends, your uh, close relatives, family, everything with who can help grow this community of Ramble Shamble to reach out to higher audience audiences. We say this consistently because we do want to grow. It really does mean a lot to us. And guys, we do publish an episode every Thursday as often as possible. If we are unable to post an episode, you're more welcome to ask us why did you not post us post an episode. Please give us two new episodes this week instead of one. Which we, we we do have a backlog, which we have to do maybe maybe maybe. Um, but yes, guys, uh, there's a lot of stuff we can do in Ramble Shrapnel, and as Yotan mentioned, Ramble Shrapnel is a correct is an additional little bit of 15 minutes. Maybe you've this one uh, close to an hour episode is not enough for you. You just need that little extra bit of 15 minutes. And Shrapnel episode is right up your alley. So thank you again for joining us today, as we explored a little bit of why we love sci-fi so much and what we find interesting about it and 
If you don't know any of those properties that we talked about earlier or uh, where they were found, for me it was Dune and the Hitchhiker's Galaxy. Where were yours from again, Mackie? Wiki fandoms. <laughs> Wiki <laughs> fandoms. Just easy that busy. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of nerds out there. <laughs> but for Mackie, it was Doctor Who and Star Wars. So if you if you aren't familiar with those IPs, then have a look into them. You will probably find them as much fun and as interesting as we did. But until next time, everyone, bye-bye. Bye-bye.